For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I got him, Belarin. I just had dinner with the Obama, what did you do? Hop up on Twitter talking about the stuff you don't do. Rock off for Lauren Shorty, cause that is what you gonna do. Sabiato, New Balance, some style. Third down and six, right up the gut. That is Gibson, and he is gone. Third of the ball game for the rookie Antonio Gibson. Farms at the farms, all you hear is oi. One time for BDR, we just try and see you out. I used to be with Nas, beating Nurry City up. Why should you talk to one respect about it? Picked up, and Mullins fumbles the football. Washington has it back. Chase Young, they're chasing him down the sideline. And Chase Young has a Washington touchdown. I've been ungrateful, but thankful. I've been ungrateful, but thankful. Maybe I got it all too fast, too soon. Been living life, no fans, no rules. And I've been trying to make it last, make it move. But I'm a hop in this foreign and like a fool. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Bernie Network Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Taylor. Joining me today, my co-host, Brian Murphy. Brian, how you doing, sir? Good man, good man, ready to talk some football. I feel like it's been a while. We were just talking about when the last time you and me did stuff together. So excited to get back into it. And uh, man, we're only a month away from free agency. That's uh, like the real, real off season. So getting getting ramped up for that, I'm excited about it. Yeah, it has been a while. Nothing too much has gone on, which is good news if you're Washington compared to other off seasons where we usually have a lot of bad news happening right now. But as always, guys, this episode is brought to you by 500 Level who, Brian, we've picked up for a long-term deal. How exciting Let's is that? Let's go. I know. Let's go. <laughs> huge. Their, sh- huge their shirts are so comfortable. I mean, we're not just saying that because, you know, they're involved with the podcast. Like, we, we're both customers, and they are legit. They're soft. They're, they're great. Yeah. We don't get paid by them yet. Like, it's coming. Like, that's the yeah. long-term deal stuff. But, like, we love their products. It's, like, all I wear sports-wise now, honestly, outside of Washington stuff. But guys, check out 500level.com. Can't stress it enough. No matter what season it is, no matter what player, team you're trying to rep, outside of Washington, doesn't matter. I got my John Rant shirt. I talk about it all the time. But use our code BNP20 to save 20% off on our order. But guys, today we will be talking about free agency. We've talked a lot about the draft. We're going to take a little break from that, come back with an episode on Sunday. I'm doing with Adam and Neva to talk some linebackers. But today... Talk about free agents and the offensive side of the ball. Now, last year, Brian, we saw the first season of Ron Rivera's free agency kind of shopping. We mm-hmm. were concerned. We swung on Amari Cooper, missed. We were like, okay, where do we go now? Ended with a quiet but effective free agency class. So let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Out of these guys that we're going to go through, I want you to tell me, who impressed you the most and who was the most 
important signing. Got it? Yeah, got it. Awesome. All right. Logan you Thomas. Yo, He's not a quarterback. Ahead. He's a tight end. <laughs> 72 catches, 670 yards, six touchdowns. Came on strong second half of the season. Definitely has a strong campaign to be the top free agent signing of our class last year. J.D. McKissick. Joshua, what's his name? Dobbins McKissick? Joshua Dobby McKissick. (laughs) Great guy. Even better name. An even better offensive weapon. 85 carries. 365 yards. A touchdown. But you knew who the top two running backs in the league were with catches last year? I do know, and it still blew my mind. Alvin Kamara with like 85 or something like that. Close to 90. And then number two, J.D. McKissick. That's right, Swiss Army Knife. 80 catches, 589 yards, and two touchdowns was probably Alex Smith's favorite weapon. Debatable, oh, no right? I, I, I think he – I mean, I think Alex Smith has, has a great command of the offense, but I think, like, more than anything, he always knew where J.D. McKissick was on the field at all times. He's, he's like the safety net of the offense. Yeah. Like, he's reliable, man. Like, his, yeah. his hand – I mean, you can see that he was a, a former wide receiver with his hands. He, he was legit a legit receiving option. For the for that team, and for the the whole Red Wolves crew, Arkansas State, he was a Red Wolf, <laughs> so that crowd might like him even more. Uh, but once again, very strong vote for uh, Free Agency Offensive MVP last year. But this <laughs> this guy, Peyton Barber, ninety four carries, two hundred fifty eight yards, and four touchdowns. Sneaky little one yard touchdowns. Is right. that enough to get him as the best signing last year? For somebody, maybe <laughs> not for me. Spoiler alert, not for me. <laughs> Neither of us. Um, but two guys, honestly, that impressed me the most is Cornelius Lucas, who we kind of labeled as just a really good swing tackle. Played 14 games, eight starts, came in, stepped in in that left tackle spot. And then Wes Schweitzer, 16 games, 13 starts in the guard position. What do you think of those two guys coming in and stepping up? Yeah, they're really huge, and I I think when we get to a little bit more, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they're part of the reasons that I I maybe don't want to even like look in the offensive line market. You know, a little spoiler alert kind of teaser there, oh. but they they really they held it down and they they were productive and they were solid and um they, they surprised me and I think they proved a lot of people wrong, um and and they were huge for this team. I think they really kind of held that offensive line together when it could have easily fell apart for him uh, there at a certain point in the season. I will say the offensive line is one of the most fragile groups in football. Because if you don't have that consistency, if you're not all on the same page, it can easily just go downhill fast. As we've seen in the past with Washington, going down to injuries, losing guys, not signing guys, whatever. By the end of the season, it's a completely different group, and it's noticeable. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. The, The Chiefs had a great season all year long. Their offensive line fell apart, and that team fell apart. I mean, it, yeah. it's so important to protect your quarterback. And as much as you need guys that are maulers, you also need some co- cohesiveness. And those guys really provided. They worked well together, and it was it was impressive. Yeah. So, best signing of a class. This is tough for me because, like you just said, if if we don't have Lucas, if we don't have West Schweitzer, what does that offensive line look like? What does our quarterback play look like in that second half of the season? But for me, I got to go J.D. McKissick. We talked about it. He bailed us out a couple times. You know, key third downs, 
He was the check down guy for us. Got us out of some bad positions. I mean, Logan Thomas is a great signing too, but who was your guy? Yeah, I was going to go with Logan Thomas. Just the fact that, uh, you know, not only did they swing and miss on Amari Cooper, but I think we heard that they were also trying to look at um, Austin Hooper uh, at the tight end position. And, it, you know, I would say that Logan Thomas, for a lot cheaper, did way more than Austin Hooper. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So uh, just the fact that he came in and he proved, as we joked all year, he's not a quarterback. He is a legit NFL tight end. He proved it. And I think he improved really as the season went on. I think early in the season we were like, man, this guy looks like a former quarterback that just doesn't have it together. But by the end of the season, he was a legit weapon, a legit threat. And at times he was just unguardable. I mean, 6'6 is no joke. And uh, he was every bit of it. And I think along with J.D. McKissick, he was another safety valve. And um, I think just more of the story, like just we didn't know where he fit in. We didn't know if he was legit. And he turned himself in to the tight end, uh, you know, for this team, the tight end one for this team. And uh, they needed him, you know, every bit of the way. So my, my, I would give him a slight nod over um, JD McKissick, but they're definitely got to be one and two. I agree. And we did a lot of bargain shopping. I don't know. <laughs> this is pretty embarrassing, but I'm going to admit it. I watched the show called flea market flip all the time. Have you ever there seen you it? go. No, but I haven't. Great show. Phenomenal. I think it was on like HGTV and CMT. So, but I'm not embarrassed, actually. It's a great show. Phenomenal. To me, this is what it seemed like. Bargain shopping, buying these guys at a low price, and then just turning into such a high-value addition to the team. I think there's something to be said about, you know, we can criticize Scott Turner all we want. Now, I think that he did a pretty solid job. But he also found guys that really fit his scheme, and that's huge. I mean, you can put talented guys all over the place, and, and yes, they're going to produce, but... There's something to be said about having guys that fit a system. And it seems like Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick especially were just such, uh, you know, hand in glove for for what Scott Turner wanted to do. So, yeah, kudos to them. It did seem like some bargain bin diving and kind of like some plan B, plan C uh, type stuff. But they they definitely overachieved. And, you know, it sets you up moving forward, I think, too. Yeah, and this kind of leads us to who would be possibly leaving the team that are free agents now. We have some quiet ones, you know, like Jeremy Sprinkle, Cam Sims is a free agent, um, Kyle Allen is an exclusive right free agent. We'll talk about him kind of a little bit. And then, of course, the biggest question is Brandon Sheriff. Are we going to pay him? You know, got that all-pro tag on him. We don't know what's going to cost. Is it worth it? Are there other options out there? But out of that small group there, which one would you say is more likely to leave? Um, yeah, I think Jeremy Sprinkle is all but gone. I mean, I think that's yeah, a given. I don't think that he needs to be on the team anymore. Um, I'm still up in the air on Brandon Sheriff. Like you said, is he worth it? Is it is it risky with his injury history? I mean, he's a beast when he's out there, but how often is he? Like, I'm just kind of up in the air all over about that. So, like... Right now, if you had to ask me, I'm like 50-50. I have no idea if he stays or if he goes or even how I feel about it. So I have to say I'm most iffy on him just because of the money, just because of all the things surrounding that. I just don't know what they're they're going to do with him. And like I said, I don't know exactly how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm still thinking about that uh, way too often. Not sure what I'm comfortable with. To me, it just really depends on how much he's going to want to be paid. Is he in that like exactly. 18 mil like top tier range? which he probably likely is. Like I said, he was just an all-pro. 
you're going to want money. That's definitely something the agent himself are going to leverage with. Um, but it was optimistic at the last, you know, end of the season after the game. Him and uh, Morgan Moses talked about, you know, we're going to play again together. This isn't the end. If you're a playoff team and you're, you know, rebuilding still, are you willing to take somewhat of a cut? Like, he's not going to get a huge cut. Right. But are you are you willing to be reasonable? I will say going into this this offseason, more than ever for Washington, I think I believe guys when they say they want to stay here. It's you know what I mean? Like, feeling. Yeah, I think that they realize that there is finally some structure. There are adults in the building. There are there there are legit building blocks around this team. So where I, I, I believe that Brandon Sheriff and Morgan Moses want to play together and they want to play together again in D.C. So, you know, I think there's something to be said about that. Does he take a little bit of a discount? It's kind of crazy. You mentioned the AP. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the all pro tag. I mean, it was the first time Washington had one in forever. And it was probably honestly one of the worst things that could have happened because i think that drives up the price you know what i mean like we love to say oh they finally had an all pro player but now is it drive them out of their market you know it'll be interesting to see i really have no feel and again i don't know how i feel about it all right now i have to look into like it um but like the whole tag thing like right yeah could he be like a tag and trade candidate i don't know like because we tagged him last year I think I know you can tag him twice in a row because the Cowboys are likely going to tag Dak again. And uh, Kirk Cousins, we did that here recently. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why maybe that's why I have like such a negative taste of a franchise tag in my mouth. Yeah. Like how I just feel like it's just connected to Kirk, and I don't want to ever go down that road again. <laughs> he was a clearance tag, not a franchise. Yeah, tag. true. <laughs> true so i agree with you um one question i want to bring up really briefly is you know we signed taylor heineke to his deal what does this do for kyle out he is a restricted free agent he's been a fifth round pick on him season ended not the way neither of us wanted it to he's coming back from injury still don't know what alex smith's going to do we're not going to talk about quarterbacks too long because we could literally hit every rumor tonight and spend like eight hours on it but what does that really do for Kyle Allen, do you think? Signing Heineke to a two-year deal. And we still know for Alex Smith, who reportedly wants to keep playing. Yeah, I think that Taylor Heineke, and I, I you know, I love Taylor Heineke. I've mentioned on here, we went to high school together. I love the what he brings, the energy he brings, just like the scrappiness that he has. But I think it's just really, I think it's an insurance policy. And I think that, you know, signing him, ensures that if Kyle Allen is not right after his injury or they, you know, don't feel like they want to pay him, whatever, whatever it comes down to, that they've got a guy that they believe in in Taylor Heineke in the same way. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I believe Alex Smith is going to play again for Washington, but the same way, like Taylor Heineke, you know, if Alex Smith goes and, you know, move on from that great story, Taylor Heineke is kind of an insurance policy. That's kind of what I'm looking at this, like, for Taylor Heineke. Like, I don't think it's big money. It's a lot of it is how much does he play? How much does he start? You know, there's so many incentives with it that I just don't think that they signed him expecting him to be uh, the starter for the bulk of the season. I don't know how you read it, but to me it just sounds like a solid backup type deal. Oh yeah. That's absolutely a backup deal. Um, and to me, I think Ron and the front office would be comfortable starting Kyle Allen if we had to. Like, if we miss mm-hmm. out on free agents, we don't trade for Carl Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever. We don't trade up in draft. We don't draft Mac Jones or whoever. I think they're comfortable starting Kyle Allen if he comes back healthy. And I think he should. 
I mean, he, yeah. he's he's going to have a long time to get back to normal. So I honestly think they're comfortable with that. But like you said, I think Heineke's the insurance plan. Yeah, and absolutely. We we talk about how much you know Scott Turner and Ron Rivera know Taylor Heineke. Well, they also know Kyle Allen, and Kyle Allen has started what almost about a full season for Ron Rivera, right? Whereas Taylor Heineke has only started two games for him. You know, so for as much as we talk about, you know, there's this connection for Taylor Heineke and going back to Scott Turner in Minnesota, Kyle Allen has started legit stretches of games for Ron Rivera and for Scott Turner. And I think you're right. I think that if he comes back, I think he definitely is in the driver's seat between the two of those. I mean, who, you know, take out the possibility of another quarterback coming in. But if it's Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke, I, I, I agree with you. I think Kyle Allen is slightly in the driver's seat when it comes to that race. And I think a fifth-round pick, that doesn't scream like value, but for a quarterback like that, I feel like a fifth-round pick says we're confident in this guy. For a guy, exactly. For a guy that is that started at that point a, a bulk of a season, started another four games for you, he has 17 career starts. That's a full season. Yeah, that's a that's a bit to put down on a quarterback. You're absolutely right. It's not, it's not nothing. Let's put it that yeah. way. There's some kind of weight to that. So looking at free agent quarterbacks real quick, I think Dak gets tagged. I don't think the Cowboys are stupid enough to let him go. Um, no. They've seen what a season of Andy Dalton can look like, who is also a free agent. And I've seen some people predict Andy Dalton coming to Washington. That would be one of the worst things that could happen. Talk about a letdown. But there's a couple noticeable names in the free agent market. I'll start with Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyron Taylor, Cam Newton, and Jameis Winston. A lot of duds in that list. But if you had to pick one out of those, and I'll even give you Andy Dalton if you're feeling crazy, if you had to pick one of those guys to sign, who would it be? Man, out of those guys, for me personally, I think I would probably lean most towards uh, Jacoby Brissett or Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that – I'm gonna tell, and here's why. I just think that they're the safest bet. I know that Ryan Fitzpatrick can kind of get on this like streak where he just can do nothing reckless. wrong, but he also, yeah, he's reckless. Exactly, he'll throw the ball away for you too. Jacoby Brissett has been a starter. He he knows what it takes to, you know, get the job done. That's why I'm leaning on those those two guys. If I had to pick between those, I just want a guy that's safe and is gonna play solid quarterback because I think that's what is going to be good enough to to for this team and for this division, honestly. Um, so I, I want to play it safe. I, I, I've seen enough of Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think Cam Newton has it anymore. Um, I don't know if you mentioned Jameis or not, but I don't want any Jameis, part yeah. of that. Um, Tyrod Taylor, I think, you know, he had his shots and he's been outplayed and, you know, was eventually benched in all those different scenarios. So I just, I'm going to go with the safer uh, safer bet between uh, Fitzpatrick and Brissett, and I'd probably lean towards Jacoby Brissett just because he's younger, and um, I think that, you know, I think he's just a little bit better at this point in his career with how old Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Brissett is a sneaky low under the radar pick. Like he's a smart quarterback. He does things that impress you. Like you want to see more, but he's not. Like you said, he's not that quarterback who's just gonna like make stupid mistakes, turn the ball over a ton. He's a smart guy. Um, for me, I went kind of off and went totally against you. I went Jameis Winston. Okay. Not saying, like, if we had to sign somebody, saying we're not 
able to trade. We're not going to draft a guy. Just bring in Jameis Winston on a cheap deal. You know he has the arm talent to do great things. Obviously, there's some bad things with the turnovers. What do you, last year or two years ago, have like the most touchdowns and, and the most interceptions ever like yeah. this season? He had a 30 for 30 and not the, yeah. not a good one. Yeah. But I think like you bring him in, kick the tires on him, say, all right, if you can get rid of those bad things, like you can be a really good quarterback. You have the arm talent. You can air it out. Like we've seen that. The yards, the touchdowns are there, but we have to kind of limit those turnovers, which is like our bread and butter on the offense. Don't turn the ball over. Be a smart quarterback, Alex Smith. Just win the game. James Winston is a complete opposite of Alex Smith. Yeah. He's the, I'm going to throw this 60 times a game, and we're going to see how it goes. <laughs> well, I mean, there's something to be said about that. Like, for how long do we think, like, maybe just open the offense up a little bit Taylor Heineke gets in there. He probably threw some bad passes, you know, if we're, we're thinking back and we rewatch it. But he was able to open it up. He took some shots, and it, it kind of paid off at different times. So maybe oh, it yeah. does take a, a quarterback that goes completely against the, the mold. Maybe it could, you need a guy that's willing to take and a couple of risks. Mobile. Right, yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I just I can't get over the interceptions. But, you know, if that's a big if. If you can change that, I mean, you're absolutely right. This guy has – you know, four or five seasons under his belt. I mean, he was a legit starter. I mean, and, and you're right, he put up numbers. So yeah. um, He was a backup sure. last year, so he's been in that role. Like, if he just came to, like, all right, Jameis, he still looked terrible with turnovers. We can't, like, do this to our defense being on the field, like, 20 times a game. You're going to be a backup still. Like, it's not like he hasn't done that yet. He just did it last year. Yes, it was DeBreeze, completely different. But still, like, if you're given an opportunity to start again, I feel like – a guy like that could rise to the occasion. There's no Publix yeah. in Nova yet. They're building one. <laughs> there you go. That's a good point. The the distraction wouldn't be there. And you're right. Maybe this this past year was humbling for him. Maybe he realized, you know what, I need to, um, you know, play my part, be a, a good teammate, and and not be a distraction like he had been at times in Tampa. So you're right. Maybe I mean maybe he is worth taking a risk on with a a very very short leash. I could totally see that. Yeah. But he came me, in and made a couple plays. Yeah, but me, I mean, I think, but I think I would go safer, and that's why I would lean towards one of those other guys. But you know, um, there's something to be said about four or five full seasons out there. Yeah, uh, could be worth a shot. All right, I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but we're going to play a game called Ooh. Running Back Roulette. Okay. I didn't tell you I was going to do this because I just want to yeah. get you on the spot. This is fun. Okay. Let's All right, so there's a ton. Of running backs in the free agent market um and we might agree with how you know obviously the the running back role is like terrible to be in in the nfl like if you look at derrick henry when him and Tannehill like went on this huge run who got paid the most who got thrown the bag Tannehill. right derrick right. henry just got these leftovers and then he has a two thousand yard season so it's really hard being a running back in the nfl with vets it's just like you rotate you Play them for two, three years, they ask for money, then you send them home. You just send them somewhere else, draft a guy. So I don't know how you feel about vets. Um, obviously, we got Peyton Barber last year, J.D. McKissick last year. These guys are different. There's some big names out there. So I'm going to do is throw out a name, and you in your head have to think how much you think they would cost, what kind of running back you would be here, and you have to say yes or no if you would sign him. Okay. 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 Just rapid fire. All right. Running back roulette. Ready? Yep. Kenyon Drake. 
Ooh, I think he's going to be a little more expensive than you think. I think that uh, um, I think that he's definitely a playmaker. Um, but I put I compare him too much to Antonio Gibson. I think he's a, he's a weapon out of the backfield, can catch the ball a little bit. Uh, I think he's just too similar to Antonio Gibson to really be a factor for Washington, and so I, I'd pass on him. Doesn't matter. He went to Alabama. Todd Gurley, Georgia Bulldog. Uh, I'd want no part of Todd Gurley. Those okay. knees are not getting any better. Um, I'm sure he's going to get a little bit more money than he's worth just based on his name. But no, I, I mean, other than the touchdowns and he's kind of like a touchdown vulture, I, you know, yeah, no, no Todd Gurley. Not for me. All right. Mark Ingram, touchdown machine. Very underrated. I like, I like Ingram a lot, but I could you're going to pay him. Yeah, it depends on how much he's asking for. I mean, he's got to know that he's on the back half of his career, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious. Can you maybe convince him again to be part of a running back by committee with two young guys and Gibson and McKissick? I think maybe so. I would absolutely take him as that kind of power back, change of pace for for Gibson, McKissick between the tackles. That would be intriguing for me as long as it's not too expensive. Yeah, you get rid of Peyton Barber, move Mark Ingram to running back two, J.D. McKissick as your running back three, you know, how even Split them out wide, right, yeah. yeah. Kind of guy, all on board on that. Tevin Coleman, sneaky one. Tevin Coleman, ah, uh, injury issues, right? I mean, I feel like we every now and then, maybe it was just San Francisco as a whole, like everybody got injured on that team. I like Tevin Coleman. I liked him when he was down in Atlanta. Him and uh, Devontae Freeman were pretty unstoppable. Um, I don't think he would cost you too much because, I mean, he hasn't done a whole, whole lot. I think he could be a good complement to the two guys that we have. Um, would definitely, you know, if we're going based off of if, is he better than Peyton Barber, yes. So if that's the if that's the benchmark, then, yeah, I would take Tevin Coleman. And I think just the lack of wear and tear over the last couple of years, he might have some good, you know, reps in him. So I, I'd definitely look into him. All right, Mike Davis, Carolina Panthers, just took over for uh, McCaffrey, who was out most of the uh, season. Mike did. I like I like what he did last year, but how much of that was the system and how much of that was just the fact that they rely on the running back so heavily that he looked a lot better than he actually was. However, it seems like he could benefit uh, from – you know, having another guy with him instead of being the only guy like he was most of last year. Um, you kind of wonder if his price might go up a little bit just based off of last season's stats. But if you could get him on a on a solid deal, I, I think he would make a whole lot of sense for, you know, the the bigger guy, the between the tackles guy and let Gibson and McKissick kind of be your your gadget guys. Nah, he's a Panther. He's coming here. Wayne yeah, exactly. Goldman. I know, right? We're, we're <laughs> Carolina <the> North. <laughs> Uh, Wayne Gallman, man, I just, I remember him from Clemson and I thought that he was going to be a little more special when he got, yeah, Clemson. Yeah. And I just don't know. Maybe it's the giants. Maybe it's being behind Saquon. I don't really know. Honestly, I I don't know what, what you'd be getting with him. I mean, I feel like at times he was solid last year. Um, is he looking for a big payday? I don't think that, I don't know that it makes sense in Washington. Not for me. And there's two more big names. Marlon okay. Mack from the Indianapolis Colts. Fantasy stud. He has won me a lot of money. Yeah. Um, probably similar to Tevin Coleman. For me, just in the fact that he's kind of been running back by committee. I, you know, he was injured. 
I think that he's probably got a lot left in the tank. I would really like that. I think that he would be a nice compliment. I think that he'd be hungry. He'd probably only get kind of like a prove-it deal. I don't think he's going to get a massive you know, deal by any uh, stretch of the imagination. I would kind of like him in Washington. I think that would make a lot of sense. And then last but not least, Le'Veon Bell. I saw, you know, yeah, I saw him on the list of, you know, free agent running backs. And the crazy thing to me is that he is not as old as I feel like he should be. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I feel feel like like he's been in the league forever. I feel like he should be like pushing 35, but he's not even 30 yet. He's 29. Um, You know, it kind of seems like he's always going to have that diva in him a little bit. Um, he is a rapper. I Full-time. I think maybe you could get him on a show me prove it deal, but it would have to be something you know manageable. And I think that he would have to kind of take a role behind Antonio Gibson, uh, kind of like he did with well with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. He was like willing to kind of split things. I think you'd have to have a serious talk with him and be like, you know what, we really like Gibson. You're going to be kind of a this an guy. option B. And, and be honest with him at the start because he's definitely talented, but, um, you know, he can always get in his own way. To be honest with you, out of all of them, I know I'm going to get slandered for this, but I like Mark Ingram. Like you said, he knows he's on the back half what, of his what career. Are you like, what, are you like Alabama or something? I mean, yes. TJ Yeldon is also <laughs> on my list. Um, I've seen him floating around the TL, so that made me happy. But my underrated guy is Mike Davis, for real. Like, we yeah. need a bell cow back. Like, if something happens to Gibson again, we're not using McKissick as a pure running back again. Or Peyton Barber, which is when he got most of his carries was when Gibson was out with the turf toe. Like, Mike right. Davis is like, all right, like, I'll just step up and be the running back one now. Like, we don't know what's going on with McCaffrey or, like, how healthy he is. He stepped up. Injury happened. He came in. Had a great year. Um, so, for me, we need that. Like, a, a guy that can come in if something bad happens yeah and then fresh legs he, he he showed that he can run the rock so big moves yeah i, I think mike davis and out of all of those mike davis and marlon macker the two that uh intrigue me the most and would make the the most sense for uh you know kind of what i think scott turner wants to do with his running backs and you know as far as money age all that all the factors combined i think those two make the most sense the thing with running backs, people will never want to pay the running back. And it's understandable because right. you can literally draft a guy in the fifth, sixth round and give you the same kind of production. Right. Like, it's not going to be like a Derrick Henry, but, like, you can still get a solid, like, Gibson. Seven, I mean, 800 yard plus. Yeah. And, I mean, Mike Shanahan back in the day, I mean, how many different Denver running backs were there? And now his son, Kyle Shanahan, used his running backs. I mean, right. I feel like he picks up guys. Yeah, left and right. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, you get special guys. You get Derrick Henrys. You get, you know, Saquon Barkleys. You get those guys, but most of them kind of are just all in that same bag where, you know, you could kind of just pick one and plug them in. Yeah, having that McCaffrey kind of like type guy, Derrick Henry is nice, but like, I mean, there's talks of McCaffrey possibly being traded to help get Deshaun Watson. Like, yeah, well, you don't want to pay him that much. Yeah, it's just obvious that running backs are just not as valuable as some of the other positions in the league. And it's just – it's the way the NFL is right now. And it's, yeah. it stinks for them, but, you know, it is what it is. It sucks being a DB and it sucks being a running back even. Yeah. Because you're just yep. like, this is what we want you to do, but you're not going to get rewarded for it. 
Right. And we're going to find somebody younger yeah. next year. And you'll be gone in two years. <laughs> yep. So tight end. We talked about Hooper last year. Missed on him. Ended up getting Logan Thomas. Turned out to be a good move. A lot cheaper also. The guy that was on our list last year that is coming back into free agency. Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. Chargers. Great vertical threat. Great route runner. Great separation. Just screams Eric Coriel tight end, like exactly what you want. How do you feel about Hunter Henry? He has the injury history, played great last year. Um, his market value is looking about 10.9 mil, so like 11 mil a season. With Logan Thomas, I feel like he's a tight end too. Great season, great mm-hmm. signing, everything. But I feel like we still need that dominant tight end one. We, go, we will run a ton of two tight end sets if we can get another true tight end. First off, how do you feel about that? Do you agree with me on the whole Logan Thomas still need a tight end one? Or are you like, Psh, forget a tight end, draft one in the seventh, and just let Logan Thomas catch balls all day? No, I think I had to correct myself. I said tight end one, but tight end one for, for Washington last year. You know, he absolutely was their, their go-to tight end. He was really the only tight end they really had that was worth a darn. Um, but you're absolutely right. They could certainly use another guy to at least take the pressure off of him, if not be more of the the legit receiving threat for this team when it comes to tight end. So you're absolutely right. And Hunter Henry, man, he he fits the bill. You you love what he, he brings to the table. Um, like you said, it sounded like there was some interest last year. Um, I certainly would, would be okay with it. Um, I kind of feel like with free agency, and maybe we're doing this here, and I know it's not actually how it is, but you, you know those Twitter things where it's like, You've got fifteen dollars to build, you know, oh, yeah. the perfect team. Like, how I much of those. how much of do we want to put into tight end, though? You know what I mean? Like, how much of that do we want to put into tight end when we know that we could use a legit wide receiver? When we know we could l- use a legit safety? I know we're not doing defense right now. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, is there a guy maybe that won't cost as much as Hunter Henry? As much as I like his production, is there another guy? like a Johnny Smith, like a Gerald Everett oh, yeah. that might not cost as much, you know what I'm saying, but could potentially give you some of the same production. How do you feel about that? I tell you what, I love me some Johnny Smith, and I love me some Gerald Everett. Johnny Smith, true fact, has won me a lot of Madden games. I always play nice. as the Titans, actually. I played my go. buddy not too long ago, about two months ago, literally had 500 receiving yards with Smith and five touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> literally just yacked my buddy with Johnny Smith. So I was a fan after that. Um, his market value is in the eight mil range. He had 41 catches last year, 448 yards and eight touchdowns. And to me, that's good because he's on the Titans team. You have possibly the best running back in the league. Right. You have AJ Brown, one of the top wide receivers, Corey Davis, who we'll talk about also. Mm-hmm. And you're still getting that kind of production. Like yeah. 41 catches, 448 yards, and eight touchdowns. Great red zone threat, by the way. Yeah, I mean, a lot of mouths to feed, and he still found a way to eat. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he got his bread. Gerald Everett, another guy, 7.3 mil market value. Everett, like, you'll look at the numbers, and you're just like, okay, he had, like, what, one touchdown last year, I think. I didn't write down his stats. Had some pretty good yards. I think it was actually his best career, uh, his best season of his career, sorry. But he's just an athletic freak. Like, if you watch Mm -hmm. this dude play – he is so fast for a tight end. You're like, oh, who's that wide receiver? You're like, oh, that's Everett. <laughs> right. Like, as soon as he gets the ball, he can get upfield so fast. 
great separation for a tight end, kind of like Hunter Henry, just a route running, true receiving tight end. But he's a good blocker too. But he's just an athletic freak. Yeah, that's what you know. So I'm leaning maybe towards one of those guys. I really like Gerald Everett too. Kind of the same thing, like. You know, a lot of legit weapons for that Rams offense. Uh, you know, Robert Woods, Cup. It seems like Akers is going to be a legit guy. And still Gerald Everett's found a way. And, you know, he still had to go with Higby out there, too. So they had two tight ends, and he was yeah. still find a way to, to make a name for himself. That's kind of the role he would have here, too. Exactly. That's what I'm, tr- I'm kind of thinking. Maybe he's not the tight end one, but he takes enough off of Logan Thomas and vice versa, Logan Thomas takes a little bit off of him to where they can really thrive together. Might be something to look into and might be my, my favorite option out of the tight end bunch uh, here. Yeah, if we sign either of those guys, I'm happy. It's under 10 mil. Still, people are like, ah, it's still kind of too much. Kind of draft one. Nate Coleman, good guy, always on the podcast too, brings up a good point pretty often. It takes a while for tight ends to develop in the NFL. You're essentially a lineman and a wide receiver. You're learning how to block. You're learning all these new schemes in the NFL. You're learning to get crisper route running, you know, mm-hmm. separation. You want more of a route tree as a tight end in the NFL. Like, there's so much you have to do. When What's one tight end that just came into the league and just wrecked it right away? Kelsey took some time. Kittle took, like, a year or two. Um, Hawkinson is another name that's kind of slowly coming on, but it just takes time. Yeah, you, you're, you're right. You kind of are like... Oh, I remember they drafted that guy. I remember he was in, you know, first, second round pick. And then it, you're right. It's like a year or two later. Oh, yeah, that's why he was a first or second round pick. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think, you know, you kind of play tight end in college and you're going to guarantee beat the guy in front of you because you're just bigger, you're faster, stronger. Well, all the guys in the NFL are big, fast, and strong. And so you got to find ways to, to use some of your other skills. And I think you're right. I think it is kind of a bit of a learning curve. So. Uh, no doubt that a couple of these guys definitely blossom as they, they move forward. It's not right away. I feel like between tight end and wide receiver, you see a lot more wide receivers come on fast. You know, Justin Jefferson, guys like that. I feel like it's easier because you're just a wide receiver. You're just yeah. perfecting your craft. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm okay to spend, like I was saying, not a whole lot on tight end, but I want to get a couple of guys. I think it's apparent that they need a couple of guys. It's probably apparent that, Jordan Reed needed another guy, you know, at tight end. At tight end, it's kind of kind of like running back. You need kind of a committee. And how many, you know, Tameric Hemingways, Marcus Baws, I mean, Logan Paulsons, no disrespect to those guys, but, you know, they could have used a little bit more than those guys as a second re- receiving option. Jeremy Sprinkle couldn't catch it cold if you, you know, sneezed on him. I mean, they, they, could, they could use to go out and spend a little bit of money on one of these guys. Yeah to kind of take the pressure off of their quarterbacks. We saw how important tight end was for this offense and what better way to help your quarterback out, whoever it's going to be, than giving them two, you know, safety nets underneath. You know what I mean? And you need some vets on this team. Like, you can't just expect to just keep drafting young guys that flourish. And they're doing a great job. Gibson, Terry, Chase, Kim Curl. Young, Young guys are doing phenomenal. You need some kind of vet participation to, you know, get over that kind of hump. Guys who have been in the playoffs, guys who have been in the league for a while, know what the routine's like. Um, and we have Logan Thomas for one more year. If you sign a guy like Smith or Everett, three-year deal. Eight mil a year, nine mil a year, whatever. If you don't pay Logan Thomas, you still have that other guy right? who is better than Logan Thomas. I mean, I'll say Everett 
and uh, Juju are both better than Logan Thomas. I, I would agree, absolutely. We, we talk about bridge quarterbacks. What about a bridge tight end? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that no, you're right. Thomas, no disrespect. At least let them overlap, and then you've got a year or two to kind of figure out a young guy that you develop. You know what I mean? Draft that, another one. Right, exactly. Yeah, let him be tight end three when Sprinkle's gone, Ball's gone. I can see us drafting a guy like Bates or something like that for Boise State, like a later round tight end. And then once Logan Thomas is gone, like you said, develop that young guy. So I feel good about our tight end plan. I think yeah. Ron needs a, Ron needs us. <laughs> Call me Ron. <laughs> Call us. Seriously. Offensive line. We talked about Sheriff. Don't know when he's going to come back. The question is to me, Brandon Sheriff leaves. How confident are you in keeping Wes Schweitzer and Cornelius Lucas starting on the line, left tackle, and then guard with Schweitzer? So, yeah, that's good that you put that as, like, the disclaimer. So this is if Brandon Sheriff leaves. Sheriff's what gone. It, he wanted what 19 like? mil. I think I think that you can get by with those guys and potentially sign, you know, somebody to either be depth or to compete for a starting position. I, I think I think you can get away with those guys. I mean, you might want to look to try to upgrade either the tackle or the guard, but I think again, go I go back to the cohesiveness and guys sticking together and the same five guys playing the majority of the season. I think that's almost as important as having a stud or having, you know, three three out of the five guys being studs. Like I think that the cohesiveness and, you know, Cornelius Lucas for the first chance really getting to be a starter for a while. Um, I think that's huge and hopefully um, you know, he just builds off of that. So I think you could get by with it. Does it make you a little nervous? Sure. But I mean that's just I'm, I'd be willing to do that than, than overpay for Brandon Sheriff. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they did a lot better than I expected for sure. I, I was thinking, so I was thinking about that. I was like, when was there a time when I just felt like the quarterback was getting absolutely hounded? And I mean, there were times, there were stretches, but a lot of you know, you know, Alex Smith couldn't move. Period, and they still gave him time to make some plays at different points. I mean, yeah. so you got to tip your cap and say, you know, this offensive line was actually pretty solid. I agree. Um, I agree with you on the sheriff thing. If he's asking for like 18, 19 mil, you really got to like talk about it. Cause that's a lot of cap. And then yeah. say he gets hurt again, and he's out half the season. You just invested all that cap into sheriff. But I've preached it. Consistency is so key in the offensive line. I'm 50-50. I'm not going to be mad if we sign. I'm not going to be like sad if he leaves. He's been right. a beast. Absolutely. You know, does he deserve first team you know, AP All-Pro? I, I yes that's what i'm but, saying it was such a negative that he got that like for yeah. this year like obviously in you know all kudos i mean i totally get it i would use that in contract negotiations too but it's like yeah but you also are kind of injury prone and you kind of like three injuries last three years yeah i i mean both are true and you're, you're right i'm the same way i'm like I, if he can get more money elsewhere go get it my man yeah. but chase the back if if they can work it out i would love to have him back i agree um and that kind of leads us to and a little side note sadiq charles don't know what he's going to be like right draft right. him as a left tackle reports are he would probably move to guard anyways people think he plays better in guard um so big question mark not putting any kind of you know risk reward and Sadiq Charles is just whatever happens with him. Cool. Um, 
left tackles, um, three noticeable names, and then one interesting one that I can't wait to ask you about. So we'll start small. Cam Robinson, surprise, surprise, another Alabama guy. Um, big name on the market. Could easily come in. He's on the Jaguars right now. Mm-hmm. Alejandro Villanueva. Seems like he's been on the Steelers since I was like five. Right. Another big name hitting the market. Russell Akun for the Panthers. A lot of reports and articles have been coming out about him being linked to Washington. Reports are that Washington would be interested in signing Akun. Middle-tier guy. Um, Pete Haley just did an article on him like two days ago, I think, You know, saying it's linked up. It would make sense. Not crazy. Carolina guy. <laughs> yeah. Not crazy exciting. Is he as good as, you know, projected to be? Possibly not. Right. Um, so those are three solid names. And then one guy who was very quietly a top five left tackle easily in the league last year. You know who that is? Is that our old friend? Yes. The Silver Trent Bay. Williams. That's Trent right. Williams. Yeah. It's going to be a hot topic. Obviously very... Very touchy subject if you start to bring up Trent Williams. Is there any chance? I mean, let me just start with this. I see you ready to go. Go ahead. Is there, go ahead. Is there any chance? New front office, new coach, new everything, new training staff. Is there any chance, do you think, Trent Williams is even considering coming back to Washington? I'm sure there's a chance. I mean, I think there's always a chance. And, like, it didn't seem, just from what I saw and read, it didn't seem like the – conversation with ron rivera went poorly by any means like you know that they met or talked or whatever it was like i I think there was respect there and i think trent williams finally appreciated being kind of respected i'm just saying you know whether that if that were to happen could you imagine the hero he would be in the eyes of washington in the eyes of dan snyder if he was able to force his way out for a third round pick and then come back he got you a free third round. I mean, that would be such a hero move. Dan Snyder probably still hates the Shanahan's, and the fact that he did it to Kyle Shanahan on top of that, like that would make him uh, a hero, would it not? Yeah. He'd go in the and Ring I of Honor think, like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think eventually he'll he'll be in the Ring of Honor. I think enough time will pass, regardless if he plays for Washington again. But I think that that you're you're right. I think they would they would put him in there tomorrow. He'd be the first active player in the Ring of Honor. I mean, that would that would be such a baller move. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to have that guy back. And you're right. I think so much has changed that it's basically like coming to a new team. I mean, all the guys that he would have interacted with, that he would have had issues with, are gone. They've emptied, you know, they've emptied every closet, every cupboard. It would be amazing. I would love to have it happen. I think that, you know, they could put bygones be bygones and put that out of the way and, it would be amazing. It would be just such a great story. I'd love to have him back. That being said, I think that someone's going to overpay for him and he's going to go somewhere and get a big deal. But I think, man, I think the 49ers would be keep him. Yeah, 49ers are somebody that, yeah. that would, that would kind of over. And I know he's really good, but overpay based on his age, based on injury, all that. Yeah. So a couple names. Akun seems like the more popular one. Guards. The only one I could see actually replacing Sheriff and like keeping that same production, Joe Funning. Sounds mm-hmm. like him in New England not on the same page. Seems like he's out. I say Joe drop that thunthin on this way to Washington. That's right. Fifteen mil market value. Psh, sign me up. People are like, oh, I don't want guys from New England. He wasn't originally a New England guy. Like I, I forgot where he came from before, but 
Joe Thunning coming in could be a great replacement for Sheriff. Same quality of player. So offensive line, that is done. Wide receivers, we had to save the best for last. That's right. The list is so long. I only wrote down like 10 or 12. Like we said, we missed on Amari Cooper last year. Some top guys. Allen Robinson, 20 mil market value. Kenny Galladay, 17 mil market value. Chris Godwin, 17.1 mil market value. Marvin Jones, 10.5 mil. Uh, Corey Davis, 9.5. Great value pick. Juju Smith-Schuster, a huge 16.1 mil. Um, T.Y. Hilton, 10 mil. Someone's going to get suckered in for Juju. I'm just going to say it. Dude, I can't. I, I'm going to talk about him. Um, and then a very under-the-radar guy for me, Rashard Higgins from the Browns, 6 mil. He's a guy I liked last year. Um, he impressed me this year when he played. So I wrote down three names. I think we have the exact three names, which is crazy. Because um, yeah. we should disagree. Yeah, but on, on I think when we went, like, what was it, wish list or whatever, we kind of were on the Those same page <laughs> with, with, the, with the wide receivers. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we're, we're talking Allen Robinson. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think seven years old. Yep. Six foot three, two twenty, one One of the best catch radiuses in the NFL. Just a huge catch frame. That's like the home run pick for me. That is our Amari Cooper this year. Agree. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. 2020 with his miserable Quarterback play, kind of like what Terry has to deal with. 102 catches, 1,250 yards, and six touchdowns. Just straight up phenomenal. Like, that guy needs to be in Washington. Can you imagine him and Terry together? Good Lord. The only only thing that worries me, and I'm sure that, you know, this has been beat to death, but is he going to come play for another question mark at quarterback? Is he willing to do that for a third time after playing with, you know, Jacksonville, who was just a revolving door of quarterbacks after playing in Chicago, where they totally whiffed on quarterback after quarterback and ended with Trubisky. Is he willing to do that one more time, or would it take a legit quarterback for him? That's the only question mark I have. Otherwise, I I, I think it would make so much sense, and I say you you back up the Brinks truck right now. Oh, and maybe yeah. it doesn't matter if you, you, you give him enough money, but my, my question is, does he want to just play for another average quarterback? That's my only only thing. And that's been like the big question mark, it seems like, every year. Like, who would want to come to Washington with everything that goes on here? But I do feel like we're heading in a different direction. I feel sure, like, you sure. know, making the playoffs definitely helps. Do you have a huge question at quarterback? I think, you know, people know we'll figure it out. They saw what Heineke did. They know Alex Smith. I mean, I feel like it's there. To me, it's mostly the front office. It's probably the best it's been in a very long time. Ron Rivera, head coach. Scott Turner, a great offensive coordinator. That's going to attract some guys. But to me, it's all about the money for Allen Robinson. If we do a four-year, 83 mil deal, like I feel like he'd be like, yeah, that's like 20.2, right? Or something like that yeah. a year. I feel like he would take that. So my number two pick, Allen Robinson's the home run hit. Another guy who could come in. Obviously screams Ron Rivera and Scott Turner because he played Ron Rivera and Scott Turner. And that is Curtis Samuel, 24 years old, five foot 11, 195, just screams versatile. Yep. Definitely lines up anywhere on the field as a wide receiver and then also runs a ton of balls. 2020, yeah. 77 catches, 851 yards, three touchdowns. 
in a staggering 41 rushes last year for 200 yards and two touchdowns. I think the season before that, he had his most rushes in his career. It was like 11. Yeah. 41 well, rushes. That's a ton. I think above all else, Scott Turner and Ron Rivera on the offensive side of the ball want guys with versatility. And he, like you just said, is versatile, um, can run it, can line up in the backfield, can go in motion, can take jet sweeps, can do all the things that you want to. And then on top of that, catch a bunch of balls and, and be solid in the receiving department. And he just goes right along with, with the Antonio Gibson, with the J.D. McKissick, guys that don't, yes, they're listed at a position, but they could very easily play another position. So it makes a whole lot of sense. And like you said, there's so many ties there. He's already played for them. Um, him and Terry are buddies from Ohio State days. I mean, it just makes too much sense for him not to be a guy that they're going after. He's so if, young. if not, yeah, and if not, if not going after, I mean, just signing on the dotted line as soon as free agency opens. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he knows what he's getting into. He knows the coaching staff. Like he played for Ron and Sky. It makes sense to me. But like we saw what Steven Sims did. You know, he had that one really nice run against the Patriots. Has some flashes in the slot role, but I think everybody agrees that he's gone. Can't return kicks. Drops a ton. Makes some good plays, but I think we've exhausted his ceiling. Yep. You ever watch Captain America? Oh, the yeah. The very first one? Running back running back through uh, the Marvel timeline right now. Timeline order, actually. Side Oof. note. Go ahead. I did that like two years ago. It's yeah, fun. it's fun. Go, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Best time Sorry, ever. No. WandaVision me, is amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah. Love it. We'll talk about that after we record because I love WandaVision. Um, but to me, this is this is going to sound a little off, but Stephen Sims going into the little device or whatever, like the barrier that um, Captain America went into before they transformed him into Captain America. Like, yeah. Stephen Sims goes in, Curtis Samuel comes out. I like it. Yeah, no, I, it's funny that you said that. It's like Stephen Sims, all that he did his rookie year just kind of felt like not lucky, but like a flash in the pan. Whereas Curtis Samuel is going to do that because he's established like himself and that's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, yep. I was born to do this. To me, right. it's just like Steven Sims on crack. You got Curtis Samuel. <laughs> I like it. I like Way that. Better. That's a good comp. <laughs> and our third and final guy that we both agreed on, Corey Davis, who mm-hmm. I loved him at Western Michigan. Love those small school guys. This guy was breaking records. Everyone was like, who is this guy? Why is he at Western Michigan? Corey Davis, 26 years old, 6'3", 210. Um, big thing I had was it seems like he's finally like hitting his groove. Didn't really do too much his rookie season. Everyone's like, what the heck's wrong with this guy? And then the last three seasons, he's really come on. But he's a great possession guy. He doesn't use his body to make catches. He uses his hands, which is exactly what you want as a wide receiver. That radius is long. He's a great window for making catches, high points, balls. Like He's not reliant on his big frame in his body. 220 season, 65 catches, 984 yards, and five touchdowns. Yeah. And an offense like we just talked about with Smith, just loaded with weapons. Yep. How do you feel about Corey Davis? I, I would like it, man. And obviously I think we're on the same page that Allen Robinson would be – chef's kiss like you know the move to make but Corey davis uh would be would be really solid to get uh as well i didn't realize he was 6'3 i guess i didn't realize he was that big maybe when you're you're standing next to Derek, 
when you're sitting next to Derrick Henry and, you know, A.J. Brown, I guess you can maybe kind of feel a little smaller than you actually are. But, uh, yeah, that he makes a lot of sense. He's a solid guy, former top five pick, which I think people forget. Like, I mean, he's legit, as you're saying. Even coming from a small school, he's legit. Um, I, I think that he would be a nice, a nice fallback if Allen Robinson – and I say fallback, it's not a knock on him, but I, I think that he would be a great plan B if, you know, Allen Robinson didn't work out. As you mentioned, as we talked about, a lot of mouths to feed in Tennessee, and he still found a way to do it, and uh, just kind of everything you want a receiver. And like you said, he's he's young, and, and that that's huge too. If you told me next season, Terry McCorn, wide receiver, one, and Corey Davis is on the other side, I'm high. Yeah. That's a good receiving core. How How – how much are we, you know, if we go back to the, you got $15, you know, build your team, where are we putting the money on wide receiver? Because I, I, I feel like there's got to be a good chunk of it going that way. I, do I you, absolutely do. Do you, I mean, obviously, Allen Robinson, you probably couldn't afford much else if you got him, right? Yeah. But could you see them going for a couple of these guys, whether it be Davis and Samuel? And I know they're both really going to be sought after, but could you get like a, a a Curtis Samuel and a Marvin Jones. Like, I mean, are there some, a couple of guys here that could work out? I mean, I know that that's kind of like Madden thinking, but yeah. you got to think that this team saw the lack of wide receiver, you know, production from this team outside of Terry. And you got to think they're, they're willing to, to put a little bit more around them. And I know you have the draft and I know that that's cheaper and I get it, but there are a couple of guys that are cheap, that are young, that I'm not cheap. I'm sorry. That are that are young. That are available, and you know could make a lot of sense. Do you potentially see a couple of these guys coming in? And it's interesting because it's like if you miss on someone, okay, you do have the draft. Like honestly, perfect scenario for me is we sign Curtis Samuel. He's a great offensive weapon for us. Fixes our slot struggles. Steven Sims is gone. We draft another outside wide receiver, second third round right 19 if someone falls like bpa obviously best player available in the draft like that that'd be perfect scenario for me or vice versa you get a guy like Allen robinson go all out draft a guy like amari rogers Dwayne eskridge in the slot something like that and you fix both holes so if like if you if you go for Allen robinson and miss it's okay you have Corey Mm -hmm. davis you have curtis samuel and then you have a loaded wide receiver draft right but you still go for the Allen robinsons of the league because it's yeah. not too often that these big names hit and end up actually leaving. Yeah. No, you're right. And it, I think it's obvious, you know, last offseason could have gone way differently. You know, had they swung and connected on Amari Cooper, I mean, that offense looks a whole lot different. I mean, Cooper's a good enough player to make any quarterback look. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's an alternate yeah. universe. What does where this that offense look out. like with Cooper? Yeah. And so maybe they do back everything up they you know they put all their chips into uh alan robinson i I would love that and the more i think about it the more i I think that that makes a whole lot of sense that being said i know there's you know five six seven other teams that want to do the same thing i I get that but uh i think washington could make a lot of sense especially if they kind of start to finally nail down whatever the quarterback looks like yep i will say chris godwin is not leaving tampa bay juju is a no-no um, Allen Robinson is the home run hit, but if he decides to go play somewhere else, totally understand. Curtis Samuel, I feel like would come here with open arms, knows what he's getting into, knows that he would thrive in offense like this, and he has. Mm-hmm. There's there's no 
threat at all to take his position at the slot role. Like, it's his as soon as he gets here. Um, so I feel like that would be the most realistic. And then Corey Davis, once again, another good possession wide receiver who's actually faster for a guy his size. Great separation. And then you have the draft. So it's yep. going to be interesting. There's a lot of options for wide receiver. It's, if there's one thing for sure, our wide receiver core is going to be way better next year. Way better, and I think way different. I, I think Steven, I think you already said Steven Sims probably a no-go. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Cam Sims got another chance based on some of his production down the stretch. But, I mean, does Antonio Gandy-Golden, I mean, do you give up on him? I mean, what is that going to look like? What I just definitely look th- like? Yeah, right, no, right. I think that it's tef- definitely, you know, the top three guys are going to look completely different. Obviously, we know Terry, but outside of him, you know, it's going to look completely different for that wide receiver room. I think we add two. I think, like, it depends. But if you get, like, a Samuel Davis Robinson guy, you add another one in the draft, possibly, like, opposite role of the one you sign. I, mm-hmm. But I think we add two. That's a yeah. busy wide receiver room. Like, does Cam stay? Uh. Yeah, it's tough. I, yeah, I just, I know that it's going to look different, and that's not a bad thing. That's the sign of a team. You know, it's going in the right direction. You know, we I think for a long time, Washington, I probably fell into this. I fell in love with guys that were just not very good. And then, you know, to see them go, I was like, ah, that stinks. But then I realized, oh, they weren't very good. Where this team <laughs> like, is oh, going <laughs> to, this team is going to bring in guys that are pretty legit and they're going to, it's going to lead to some tough decisions. I mean, do you give up at, on Antonio Gandy Golden, like I said, after one year? I mean, all these guys that, you know, we kind of fell in love with in the preseason, they might not have a spot on this team. And that's a sign of a team going in the right direction. Yeah. A lot of questions. Quarterback. Do we add a solid running back? Do we draft another one? Will Sheriff get paid? Is he going to stay? Who the heck is going to catch balls and who's going to be throwing said balls? So a lot of questions. I feel like we get a solid job breaking it down. We got some options. I feel good about this offseason. I feel like we always get so hype about free agency and then kind of get let down. Like obviously we signed some big guys like Fuller, some defensive guys that we'll talk about on the next episode next week. So Brian... Get your defensive free agency notes ready because we got some good ones. Let's some big do it. Names we could possibly sign. Like I said, Fuller was a solid pickup, but there's definitely some room for improvement. Brian, good talking to you, sir. We'll see y'all next week. No feelings, no rules. I've been trying to make it last, make it move. But I'm a hopping this far and then like a fool. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.